Good morning, this is Vanessa from Anahata Yoga Shala in Kopangang, Thailand. A little magical, mystical, crystal island in the Gulf of Thailand. And today I'm going to be reading to you a little bit about shamanism. And there are seven principles in this shamanic culture of Hawaii. And uh, pretty much all the cultures have the same kind of uh, belief system regarding the world of power, the unseen world of energy. The first principle is Ike. I-K-E. The world is what you think it is. This refers to the importance of belief. Whatever you believe in, you will manifest. If you believe in the world is a place of full of struggle and hardship, then surely hardship and struggle will come your way. If you believe that the world is a great place for adventure and happiness, that you will surely experience much more of those than the person believing in the world of struggle. Of course, this resonates with the law of attraction, but it also points out at us being observers and interpreters of our world. When you strip all emotion from it, just look at the facts. You will see that most situations have their balance of good and bad in it. But we attach meaning and emotion to a situation and therefore defining our experience. How often have you been in a state of anger or resentment when something small happened? Maybe a child smiled at you or you saw a beautiful sunset and suddenly the situation changed. Well, did it change on the fact level? Maybe not. But your experience might have changed drastically because your perspective changed. And from the change of perspective, your future outcomes changed because you approached things differently. So always remember that through Ike, you have the power to change first your perceived experience and then through this actual future. Let me repeat that again. So always remember that through Ike, you have the power to change first your perceived experience and then through this your actual future. So the Ike is all about the world is what you think it is. Corollary. This means it's a proven fact. Everything is a dream. The Huna shamans believe in our life as being another form of a dream. The Huna shamans believe in our life as a being another form of a dream. They do not believe that we dream on different levels and have several layers of dream. They do believe, sorry, they do believe that we dream on different levels and that we have several layers of dream. And as a strange as as strange as this at first might sound, think about how real your real world really is. <laughs> the world we're living in right now is unreal. Why can't we move through a wall? If you hit a wall with your hand, you experience it as being solid. Yet, 
The rock it consists of is made up of molecules and atoms. Atoms, despite popular belief, have no material part in it. They are fields of energy vibrating at a certain frequency. The only reason your hand can't move through the wall is that the energy frequency of the wall and your hand are vibrating on a different frequency spectrum. That they are so close to another that they disturb each other. Other frequency spectrums like radio waves have absolutely no problem passing through the wall. When you hit a wall with your hand, you're not hitting material stone. It is more that the energy frequency of your hand was coming into contact with the energy spectrum of the wall and this information was sent to your brain which then triggered the already saved memory of the experience of hand hitting stone wall. It is the same with you hearing music or looking at a beautiful picture. You're not really seeing or hearing it, you're interpreting energy waves coming from music instruments and from the light reflected from the picture in your brain. Your brain is creating the world you see, just like it is creating the world you experience every time you have a vivid dream at night. The only difference for us between a dream and reality is whether others have the same experience. However, we know that the people can be in the same situation together and yet have a totally different experience. Like people being at a party or people experiencing an accident and later giving a radical different description to the police. Yes, we might meet in each other's dreams but it is still our dream and the other has its own dream. This might be a radical idea for some of you, but play with it for a while in your head and, and feel how it resonates with you. Once you are able to embrace the thought of life being a dream, then you are at the point where you might realize that it is able to wake up within the dream. Like lucid dreamers do this in a regular dream and change the dream. For example, changing your reality. So corollary, all systems are arbitrary. There is an old story of a man searching for the meaning of life. After years of struggle and searching, he came to a famous and very wise guru in the Himalayas. He asked the guru about the meaning of life. And the guru asked, life is simply a bowl of cherries. Very disappointed and angry, the man replied, I traveled far and wide, have come across oceans and been through dangerous jungles and deadly Sahara just to find you. And all you have to say is that life is like a bowl of cherries? The wise guru smiled and said, Okay, then life is not a bowl of cherries. <laughs> 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 
Since Min developed his cortex, he's on the constant search for the ultimate answer to the most pressing question of what is this all about? This is such a driving and annoying question that man is constantly looking for something to cling to. He tried science, religion, philosophy, metaphysics, art, you name it, just to feel safe inside protected from this dangerous question about the meaning of this life. If you follow the shaman's thought process of everything is a dream, then you will realize that every answer you might come up about the meaning of life is arbitrarily constructed. No matter what you answer, you can be damn sure that this is not the real answer. But a safety net you construct yourself to feel secure in life. In essence, truth is what you define as such. You make a decision to accept some systems as true and reject others. And I do the same. And each one of us has his good reasons to do so. But I came to mind because of some specific decisions I made about life and these could drastically differ from your expectations and decisions. So, the question is not whether his systems is true or not. The real question is how good are your systems working for you? So any system including Huna or the one I define for myself, is arbitrary chosen, arbitrarily chosen. Sorry for non-English speaking people that don't understand my South African accent. Arbitrarily chosen. I went to the dentist yesterday and my gums are a bit swollen. Arbitrarily chosen. And none represent the ultimate truth. Therefore, you have to find out what works for you. Let me say this again. So any system that we choose, including Huna, or the one I have defined for myself, is randomly chosen. Arbitrarily can mean randomly through experience. Chosen. And none represent the ultimate truth. Therefore, you have to find out through your own experience what works for you. So whatever you read or hear, take it as a hypothesis and test it out for yourself. I often say, don't knock it, don't judge until you've tried it. If it works for you, use it and, if it, and adapt to it. If it doesn't work for you, drop it and go for another hypothesis. Drop it like it's hard, drop it like it's hard. That's where your personal development and empiric science meets. That's where personal development and empiric science meets. That's where you come into your own power as well. Okay, action, action steps for Ike. To experience the power of Ike, ask yourself what your definition of the world with all its ingredients is. Complete the following sentences and come up with lots of honest answers. Dump your brain until there is no more answers within you. And be honest. Don't paint rosy pictures. 
If you believe that your work is bullshit, write it down. You can't lie to yourself. Be honest, you cannot lie to yourself. Take some time for this. You'll be amazed what is within you. Okay, so just take a moment. Allow yourself just to sit up straight. Align your spine. Get your head and your heart aligned with your pelvis. These are your three power centers. Lift your chin parallel to the earth. Draw your shoulders back. Suck your belly in. And take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, just open your mouth and... Now softly close your mouth. Take another deep breath in, keeping your mouth softly closed, slowly, softly, gently sighing out. Flutter your eyes open, and write, and if you're ready to write down, write the following down. So, action steps for Ike. To experience the power of Ike, ask yourself what your definition of the world with all its ingredients is. Complete the following sentences and come up with lots of honest answers. Dump your brain until there is no more answers within you. And be honest. Don't paint rosy pictures. If you believe that your work is bullshit, write it down. You can't lie to yourself. Take some time for this. You'll be amazed what is within you. So the first one is, I think the world is, I think the world is, I think the world is. The next one, I think I am, I think I am, I think I am. And the next one is, I think people are. I think people are. I think people are. The next one. I think my job is. I think my job is. I think my job is and the next one I think my health is I think my health is I think my health is
And the next one, I think my financial power is, I think my financial power is, I think my financial power is. And the next one, I think that my ability to experience love, joy and ecstasy is, I think that my ability to experience love, joy, ecstasy is, I think that my ability to experience love, joy, ecstasy is and the next one I think dot 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 you may come up with anything else that is in your life here right so let me repeat that so if there is anything else that you have in your life that you would like to change or maybe that you feel like popcorn just bursting to come up let it just happen don't think too much I think you can come up with anything else in your life over here Now, this is your current truth. Now you might see why your reality is the way it is. Change those belief patterns and your world will change. So let me repeat that again. Ike is all about the world is what you think it is. And we need to order our lives in the way we'd like it to be. In a divine order. That's what we've come here to experience. So if you're feeling darkness, we can, just as much as there is dark, there's the same amount of light for every shadow. So now that you've embraced your shadow, you can go back, facing your shadow towards the light. With your back towards the light, walk backwards, look at your shadow. But go back into your light, your love, and create a world of love. This is your current truth. Now you might see why your reality is the way it is. Change your belief patterns and your world will change. Just take a look at the limits you set for yourself. It is a natural reaction at this point to get angry about yourself. Don't do that. Be happy. Be happy because maybe for the first time you really express those limits that formed your current rea reality, ability to experience life. If you want to know more about the Huna, this extract highly recommends the book of Serge Khalil King 
called The Urban Shaman. Urban Shaman, written by Serge Khalil King. You can find this on Amazon. So go for the action steps now and stay tuned for the next article describing the second principle of Huna, Kala. And in Kala, there are no limits. Everything is possible. There are no limits. Everything is possible. Subkuchmilega. And so it is. Thank you for listening to me, Vanessa. I really hope you have a beautiful day and stay tuned for the next chapter. Namaste, beautiful people. Much love. Blessings. Aho. Hello again. It's Vanessa from Anahata Yogeshala, Kapengan. Continuation of uh, the seven shamanic principles of the Hawaiian tradition. Number two, Kala. There are no limits. Everything is possible. So just a side note. Kala in Sanskrit means time. And uh, there are no limits. Everything is possible is the meaning of this word Kala in the Hawaiian tradition. And in Hindu India today, they actually have a saying, Sapkuchmilega, which means everything is possible, nothing is impossible. This is an ancient Hindu belief system. This is an ancient belief system in every culture that everything is possible. Kala. Actually, Kala has two meanings attached to it. First, it states that there are no limits and it points at the necessity to release and forgive which are the two ways to overcome those limits. So let me re repeat that. Actually Kala has two meanings attached to it. The first it states there are no limits and the second it points at the necessity to release and forgive which are the two ways to overcome those limits. This is the same approach that unwrapping your mind is all about. There are no real limits to your life, to your capacity to the universe, and what it will give you freely, other than those that you define for yourself. That thought at first seems unrealistic, since we do not see our limits all around us. Our bodies can only grow to a certain height. We can only see up to a certain distance. Our ears can only hear with a th within a limited frequency range. We only live a certain amount of years. The earth is limited in its dimension. Resources are limited. We only have a certain amount of money in the bank. Limits, limits and even more limits. So, What's this nonsense of no limiting all about then? The universe in itself is unlimited. And if you follow the thought pro process of principle one, seeing the world as a dream, brings us closer to understand the nature and function of limits. For this to understand, we should separate two types of limits, creative limits and filtered limits. 
the creative limits. A universe without limitation equals an unlimited experience, which equals no experience at all. No limits would mean no differentiation, nothing to compare with, and therewith nothing to experience. The very nature of experience is that of comparison. We do compare the certain levels of light to see. We do compare the certain frequencies of sound to hear. What would you experience if you would live in a world where there would only be one color or one sound? Nothing. You would see or hear nothing. You wouldn't hear or see anything. You couldn't because it will all be the same. Nothing would be different from each other. So how would you know what you're experiencing if you had nothing to compare to? That's why the unlimited universe needs a creative limit to allow us to experience anything. Therefore, the limitation and separation of our color spectrum, our sound spectrum, is a useful and creative limitation that allows us to experience night, day, light, color, sound, music, noise, etc. And in it is the same with everything in our world that we could experience through our five senses. Okay, let me just uh, give you some other information regarding the yoga and the five senses the yogi belief system, the tantric belief system, as well as the shamans, is that the five senses creates our ego. And we, in return, have to learn how to control our ego, our natural and our unnatural desires, our pleasure senses. Because when is enough enough? The limitation. We just take and take and take and we'll never get anything done. So let me continue to read. Or think about any game. They are all based upon rules, which are of course limits. But without those limits, the game wouldn't exist. What if you could play a game of chess and one of the players decided to not follow the rules of the game and move his or her pieces the way they like? That movement, the game by itself, would not be possible and would cease to exist. Again, another example for creative limits. What a Huna shaman called Kahuna does is not deny the existence or useless usefulness of rules and limits, but he, to use them to reach his goals. Learn the rules so you can know how to use them to reach your goals. Filtered limits. Filtered limits, however, are limits built from ideas and beliefs that don't allow us to become creative. They limit our creative potential by denying our ability to create our own existence. Examples of this are beliefs that we are victims, that the world is a tough place, that there are not enough jobs in the economy. A good in indicator for these types of limits are the associated emotions. If they, fear, if they are fear, hate or rage, 
then you are experiencing a filtered limit. Filtered limits limit our awareness and experience of choice without giving us a possibility for a positive action. Again, Ike, the world is what you think it is, and you are part of the world, and the, there within you define yourself through your thinking. If you think that there are limits to the level of joy, happiness, love, health, wealth, etc., you can experience then, so it will be. So it will be. If you, whatever you feel, whatever you think, you will experience. If this is your belief, then you will experience. So let me read that again. The world is what you think it is, and you are part of the world, and therewith you define yourself through your thinking. If you think that there are limits to the level of joy, happiness, love and health, wealth, etc., you can experience them, so it will be. In fact, there are no limits. You just can't see far enough yet. Just like a little child barely able to walk couldn't at the time run at a four-minute mile or fly to the moon doesn't mean that this can't be done in the future. Always say to yourself that now you have a child's perspective compared to your potential future you. When you grow up mentally and spiritually, then you are able to see much further because your perspective changed to that from a child's. And on top of that, you are wearing a blinders all the time from all your resenting emotions like fear, resentment, hate, anger. Learning to let go of them is not only good for your relationship with other people as well as your health, it is also a way to overcome your limits. Action Steps for Carla Carla is spelled K-A-L-A in both shamanic tradition as well as Sanskrit. Can you think of someone whose company you really want to avoid, who is giving you bad feeling every time you are around. Then ask yourself, what is it that you are not willing to accept and forgive about this person? A good way to do this is through the Sedona method. It is easy to use. Identify the feeling that is bothering you about that person. Note that could also be you forgiving yourself is so important then ask yourself the three Sedona method questions could I let it go would I let it go when I'll repeat that could I let it go would I let it go and when am I going to let it go answer each in turn there is no right or wrong answer to these questions. Question 1 and 2 can be answered with either yes or no. Question 3 can be answered with any time period ranging from now, this instant, through to never. Hell will freeze over first. All the points in between. 
Then repeat the same questions until you reach a state where the feeling or problem no longer bothers you. On top of that, imagine what would be now possible in your lives once you've completely let go of that feeling. How would you feel and what would be possible in your life now that you've let go of another limit? I'll repeat those questions. Could I let it go? Yes or no? Would I let it go? Yes or no? And when? Now? Now now? Just now? Later now? By now? <laughs> the end now? So this brings us to the end of this episode. Carla. Carla is all about there are no limits. Everything is possible. But first, we need to let go of any blocks in our heart. Forgiveness. This limits our creative ability to express and manifest. And we've still got some charged, poisonous kind of lower vibrations inside. So, another famous Hawaiian tradition is Hopo Opono. So, before we finish off, let's just send Hopo Opono to any of those people, situations, places, faces that maybe cause you that feeling of disharmony inside. Hopo Opono is I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me and thank you. Taking responsibility for our lives and how we have created this victim role frees us of playing suffering. suffering. So as soon as we play the victim we will always suffer. As soon as we play we are the master of everything we create, we empower ourselves. So I invite you to empower yourself, sit up straight. If you're sitting on a chair, you can put your big toes together to touch. And as your big toes touch, you connect your left and right brain hemispheres, your masculine, your feminine energies, your intelligent and intellectual faculties of the brain. One is ego, one is spirit. Inhale. Take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, just adjust your chin parallel to the earth. Draw your belly in. Draw your shoulders back. Slowly and softly, just scan the body with your breath. And send out love to anybody that you feel you need to heal with. I love you. I am sorry. Forgive me and thank you. And so it is. Wishing you all love, peace, Om Shanti, Shanti Om. Namaste, beautiful beings. Aho. Hello again, it's Vanessa from Anahata Yoga Shala in Kopangan, Thailand. This is a continuation, segment three of the seven shamanic principles. Number three is Maika, Makia, 
M-A-K-I-A, Makia. Energy flows where attention goes. Whatever you spend most of your conscious and unconscious time thinking of will grow in your reality. This works on a positive as well as on a negative side. If you focus the majority of your attention on why things are not working out the way you want them to, then your struggles will grow and become more and more concrete through time. If you aren't clear about your goals and direction, then the fuzziness will grow within your life. Therefore, becoming clear of what you want and not on what you want to avoid. Let me rephrase that. Therefore, become very clear of what you want and not on what you want to avoid. So stop thinking of the things you don't want. Stop obsessing about the dramas in our lives. Avoid thinking about them over and over. You just attract more of that shit in your life. That's me. <laughs> so I start again. Let me read what's written here. Therefore, becoming clear of what you want and not on what you want to avoid, it is essential for creating things in this world. That's where the power of vision comes into place. You need a vision to focus your energy like a laser. Otherwise, your energy will be scattered and therefore powerless. Think about what has more power than a laser beam or a light bulb. Um, side note, a vision board. So if you are struggling, go through some glossy magazines, some picture books that you can cut out pictures from. And take a copy and a paste, or you can even do it on the internet, but it's also more fun with the hands, more pliable, cutting and feeling, and taking a bit of more time to do it get off the keyboard and uh, cut out a whole lot of pictures that you feel resonate that you would dream of having desires and then let it go stick it on put it up and let it go every day you wake up and you look at that okay so did you know that every time you concentrate and focus on something for more than a few seconds you're doing you indeed are meditating. Meditation comes from the Latin word med, which means to measure. The same root that forms the word medicine. So med comes from the Latin word. Let me say that again. Did you know that every time you concentrate and focus on something for more than a few seconds, you are indeed meditating? So, if you focus on something for a few more seconds, you are meditating. It's keeping you present. But you could be meditating on the past. And rather you can recreate your future based on your experience from the past. Meditation comes from the Latin root word med, which is, means to measure. The same root that forms the word medicine. And yes, meditation is one of the best medicines available. But with our new definition of meditation, you don't have to sit down for hours and hours and watch your breath to meditate. It isn't a bad practice though. There are a lot of great benefits of practicing 
regular meditation settings and focusing on the breath. You meditate naturally several times a day, but unfortunately very often with bad placed focus. Every form of remembering bad memories is a meditation. A meditation on failure, a meditation on lack, sorrow, heartbreak and so much more. You can call it, you can also call it a hypo, hypo, <laughs> forgive me, Hy hypnosis, hypnosis, oh gee whiz, okay, which is another name for a state of focused attention. <laughs> and since the introduction of the concept guided meditation, borders between hypnos hypnosis and meditation have become very thin. Hypnosis, oh my god, there you go, hypnosis. <laughs> In meditation have become very thin. Since energy flows where attention goes, it is not about practicing meditation for one hour a day and then not changing the rest of your focus. It is about the sum of the general attitude that you have towards life. Concentrated reinforcement works all the time. So throughout your time in day, you are concentrating on something and concentrated reinforcements is working all the time. In Sanskrit, in yoga, we also call this japa, a recitation of a mantra where you keep repeating something like, I need a pee, I need a pee, I need a pee, or I'm going to get fat, I'm going to get fat if I eat this, or I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. So we do this and then so it is. So what if uh, in the shamanic uh, practices we can also slow down the time, we say time warp when there's many red robots, you just visualize green robots, you visualize all the traffic slowing down, making like Moses parting the ways, the water waves and you just flowing effortlessly, slowly, easily, safely, peacefully, successfully. So. Focus on that which you do want and I also used to write little bright colored post-it notes to get my mind focused on things. So I was looking at Louise Hay's book and she has like a mantra, a positive affirmation for every ailment, every dis-ease in the body. And you can say this every time you feel yourself going down on your energy scale. So let's continue. Concentrated reinforcement works all the time. A prolonged concentration and focus on one subject channels the energy of the universe so that the physical equivalent of your meditation subject will get enough energy to grow. So in Huna, your physical experience is indeed a direct equivalent of your predominant thought patterns. Corollary, attention follows energy. Bright lights, shimmering objects and loud noises all draw our attention naturally. It is in the intensity of the energy that affects us most. Any strong energetic vibrancy attracts our minds, although they might be subtle like a smell. And it isn't the same with people who extend a strong energetic 
force field and are best described as charismatic. Coloring. Everything is energy. Energy exists in everything. Everything, whether it's moving, non-moving, breathable, non-breathable, rocks, plants, two-legged humans, four-legged creatures, everything is a little group of atoms and molecules vibrating at different light and sound frequencies, making them hard, soft, solid, different waves of energy, pulsating, vibrating at the same time, different speeds, different frequencies. So energy exists in everything. This is no new fact for science, but the implications are nonetheless stunning. Everything is energy. That includes all material objects, but also your own thoughts. Everything is vibrating and can often be measured using electrical devices like an EKG or an EEG. Action steps for Makia. To experience the power of Makia, you best select something that you don't like to do or that's get, that gets you easily tired. If it's time for doing some tax work, tax paper returns or any paper filing you hate to do, that would be an excellent exercise. Mine is wa washing the dishes. Oh my God. Set yourself a time frame of about 30 minutes. You might use a kitchen timer for it. If you want to get a real fancy about this read, about the Pomodoro technique, then go for 25 minutes. The idea behind it is that fractalizing work allows you to increase your focus tremendously. It works. Try it. During those 30 or 25 minutes, repeatedly ask yourself in the back of your mind these questions. What is funny about it? What is fascinating about it? How can I break my own record and do this more effectively? How? Can I have lots of fun while doing it? Place the point of your focus and awareness into your objects of focus. You have no idea how much fun I have washing the dishes now that I've tried this. I put the fan on, I put music on and I'm dancing to the dishes. Making love to the dishes. <laughs> and I w do calf raises, I work on my calves. And yeah just work my heels, work my toes, go on my tippy toes, mostly do the dishes late at night naked with a fan and music going <laughs> to avoid the mosquitoes. Okay, so let me repeat that. Focus, focus. During those 25 minutes or 30 minutes that you are doing something that you don't enjoy, ask yourself repeatedly in your mind these questions. The first one, you can write it down. What is funny? about it. What is funny about it? What is so funny about it? What is fascinating about it? What is fascinating about it? What is fascinating about it? How can I break my own record 
and do this more effectively. How can I break my own record and do this more effectively? How can I have lots of fun while doing it? How can I have lots of fun while doing it? Place the point of your focus and awareness into the object, your object of focus. Now this might sound complicated, but it is easy to do. Try to find the location where your point of awareness is right now. Point to it with your finger. You might find it in your brain or in your stomach or somewhere else. Feel it. Sense it. There is no right or wrong point. Just ask yourself, where is my point of awareness? Now, and you will get your individual answer. Once you have your current point of awareness, move it into your position where you work. If you need to do a paperwork, then move it within the pile of papers. Experience how your experience changes with your moving your point of awareness. Stay for some minutes with that location of your awareness. Later you might experiment with different points of awareness. If you need to type something or write something, you might experiment with your own awareness being in the text of your typing, in your hands, slightly behind and over your head. This is the position where in the Jewish tradition the position of the kippah would be. This last position is the great point of awareness for studying and reading. Let me say that again. If you need to type something or write something, you might experience with your awareness being in the text, your typing, in your hands, slightly behind and over your head. This is a point where in the Jewish tradition the position of the kefir would be just slightly behind over your head. This last position is a great point of awareness for studying and reading. Another way of using your point of awareness is while lifting your heavy loads. Try to place your point of awareness on the top part of the heavy load. You want to lift and see if, what, if this makes a difference in your experience. Once you have experienced the power of focus and awareness, you then should regularly ask yourself, where is my point of awareness now? What am I focusing on right now? Where is my point of awareness right now? What am I focusing on right now? And is my focus empowering or disempowering me right now? Is my thoughts and my focus empowering me or am I losing my power with these thoughts and awareness? Feel it in your body.
Take a deep breath in. Inhale. Sit up straight. And just as you exhale, relax your jaw. Empty out your lungs. Align your spine with your head and your heart. And the divine. And that brings us to the end of number three. Thank you again for listening. Wherever you are in the world right now, I send you love, gratitude, and abundance thereof. Namaste, beautiful beings. Aho. Hello again. It's Vanessa from Anahata Yoga Shala, Kopangang Magical Crystal Island in the Gulf of Thailand. So this is a continuation the seven shamanic principles in the Hawaiian tradition. Pretty much everybody around the world in every other culture they will also talk about these powers within us. Number four, Manawa. M-A-N for Nodi. A-W-A. Manawa. Now is the moment of power. If not now, then when? Now is the moment of power. If not now, when? What shapes your current reality? There are several beliefs about how our past shapes our present. From the Eastern concept of karma, where you, you good or bad actions shape your present and now have to eat those karma fruits. Example, you have to bear the positive or negative consequences of your past actions. To a Western belief that our present is vastly shaped through our genes or our early upbringing and therefore mostly controlled by influence outside of our own power. The shamanic Huna tradition has a very different viewpoint in what, get, in what shapes your current reality. It is not the past that has shaped you into what you are today, nor has it given you what you have now. Your current beliefs, decisions and actions related to yourself and the world around you shape your awareness of the world and yourself there within define your current experience. Huna doesn't deny the influence of karma, but it only acts in the now. Therefore, it is not about eating your karma fruits for the next 20 years. It is only about this moment in the now, where karma has its influence unless you don't use this moment and bring the effect of karma to the next moment and so on. Our present experience of ourself and our will directly reflects our mental and physical behavior in this moment. Thanks to our memory we might even bring our habitual patterns from day to day but every day every second is a new moment of creation and every habit can be changed in the now in this moment. However, that doesn't mean it might be easy. 
Your genes define a whole menu of characteristics and options from which you can choose what to present in this present. Your beliefs and intentions pick from this buffet of possibilities the one that resonates with those beliefs. Your parents don't define your current reality either, but what you believe about them and how you react on those beliefs. Huna doesn't deny an influencing factor of your past, your genes or your parents, but your reaction to those is what shapes your current reality. Take an example, two people brought up by their parents with a regular beating and lots of violent acts. Each one of them has always the choice how to react. That doesn't mean that they could get away from the situation just by wishing. But while one might feel crushed by the situation and might later also develop a violent disposition, the other might make a decision to never let this touch his soul and become a loving person for the rest of his life. 9. Cor corollary, everything is relative. Now is the moment of power. But how do we define this now? I would continue with the definition of now being the area of current awareness. You can always footnote I like to do this if you ever stress bring yourself back to your breath look at your toes stop for a moment just look at your feet this always grounds you and brings you to awareness this is also a very grounding Sufi ancient walking meditation that you look down on the ground and you sink a breath in a step and you just keep looking surveying your awareness on the ground of your every step and you can repeat a beautiful mantra if you like. So what is now? The definition of now being the area of current awareness. This can be the second, minute, hour, day, week, month or year depending on your focus. This could also include the past and the future because our focus can travel to these moments and therefore place our area of current awareness into the past or the future. However, this would always be the past, the future in relation to the current moment. And since we define now as the moment of power where change can happen, it is therefore also possible to change the past as well as the future in this present moment, this now. This is a gift. Corollary, power increases with sensory awareness. Most people spend a vast amount of time not being present, not being aware in this present moment. Their mind wanders to memories of the past and dreams of the future. While dreaming or defining is necessary and a joyful part of the process, the, there is only one time where your power is, and that's in the now. Now is the moment of power. You need to take action today to create tomorrow. 
But even not taking action is an action that will lead to an, to an future. Unfortunately, not the future you desire, but a future of sorrow and regret. When we choose, we win. Not making a choice sometimes freezes us and we're stuck in emotions or thoughts. So it's good to make changes and moves, but we can only do this. The power comes from within us. Now is the moment of power. If you focus your attention, see Makia, on your shortcomings of the past, then you lack power to strive forward or the behavior that kept you down will be increased. On the other hand, if you look fearful into the future, being afraid of failure, you will miss the necessary courage to take leaps into the future or again the behavior pattern will lead to failure and grow stronger although that is what you want to avoid at all costs and although dreaming and planning and even daydreaming have their place be it for preparation or relaxation spending too much time there will also diminish your power and your potential of creating. The action steps for Micah. All this can be changed by redirecting your focus, your current attention, in the here and the now. But how do you do that? It is a matter of becoming aware of your sensory input. Step 1. Train your sensory awareness. The yogis call it pratyahara, withdrawal of your senses. Notice what you are currently seeing. What sounds come to your ear? What about taste, touch and smell at this moment? This is the information you can deal with in this current moment. Try to notice even more detail every time you look at something. Listen to a piece of music. Touch something. Become fully aware of it. As an example, now that I'm typing, uh, reading you this text, they said typing, I send my location of focus, see my past article on Makia, into my fingers on the keyboard. There I can feel the genuine touch of every key I press, the surface of every key is a bit different. Since I hit it from a different angle at the same time, this touches evokes a sensation within me which I find quite comfortable. I can also sense my body and the light tingle and the tension of energy it has within it. I'm also listening to the soundtrack of Schindler's List as I'm typing this and although it was thought of as background music, I can become aware now if the theme that the violins play and become aware of feelings and thoughts which are evoked by that. And I could go on and on in describing the different sensory information that I could focus on right now, but, but I guess you got it. Some people have used 
that so little that becoming aware of your sensory input nowadays is needed as a specific form of meditation. But again, this is something you don't have to practice very formally. There is sensory information all around you all the time. So beautiful people. In other words, in yoga we talk about the kleshas, the layers, the sheaths of energy. Everything has a sheath of energy. Each sheath is made up of a different elements. The five elements relate to our five senses. Earth, water, fire, air and the ether, the space. And all five senses, smell, taste, touch, see, feel, hear, have the creation of our ego. This is how we create our ego from this point of reference. You smell, you taste, you like it, you don't. And that creates your individualism. Okay. So, let's have a look. Some people have used this so little and becoming aware of their sensory input nowadays is needed as a specific form of meditation. But again, this is something you don't have to practice very formally. There is a sensory information around you all the time. And since energy flows where attention goes, principle number three, focusing your mind on your sensory input will increase your capability of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching and smelling much better. That's what an artist does by consciously training himself to see more than the average person. This could be trained to such an extent that you would be able to experience the energy that is inherent in any piece by becoming fully aware of it in the now. Step 2. Focus on what you can do now. Focus on what you can do now. To bring your awareness into the now and get yourself to focus on what needs to be done, you'll need to catch yourself through asking yourself, what is the smallest step I can do now within the next minutes to bring myself closer to my vision? What? is the smallest little step I can do right now within the next minutes to bring myself closer to my vision. What small step can I do within the next minutes to bring myself closer to my vision? You see there is a time where you can create your vision but once that is in place you need to focus on the road to get there. It's all about the journey, people. We're always focusing on the goal, but we forget about the journey and enjoying it and visualizing you going over speed bumps and mountains with a bit of adventure and success. If you go for a walk to a destination, you aren't constantly checking the map. You're getting the general di direction and then spend 99.9% .9 of the time taking step after step. And although your destination might be miles away, in the now you can only take one tiny step. Very often, P 
People are overwhelmed by the size of a project or a goal. That is because they have defined the goal as some milestone, which would still mean huge jumps. But to get to those milestones, you need to do physical basic steps. So, instead of defining, I should clean the garage, ask yourself, what is the smallest step I can do now within the next minutes to come closer to a clean garage? Just a matter of perspective, I guess. That could be easy as get into the garage and then get one box out then start to sort out things to keep things in trash and then you go and you get the picture just get the file out just make a small step something everything begins with one small step just bring out the file if you feel overwhelmed one great concept i got from mark foster is called just get the file out the premise is that you just commit to the first step from there and see whether you feel like continuing. That could be as easy as getting the file out or dress for exercise. Once you have got the file out in front of you or you've gone and get dressed for the exercise, you very often will continue to do one thing that you rejected just five minutes ago. But if you don't feel like doing it anymore, then don't do it, unless there is a deadline associated with it. Power comes from within. Just keep on going and we will be successful. So that comes to the end of number five. Just invite you to sit up nice and straight. Now upright, comfortable position. Adjust your chin parallel to the earth. Draw your shoulders back. Align your spine, your head, your heart, your pelvis. And slowly scan the body with your breath. And I wish you infinite love, power, presence and communicating with love and unconditional love compassion with yourself and with everybody and so it is aho namaste beautiful beings until next time have a beautiful day night wherever you are aloha number five hello everybody Number five of the seven shamanic Huna Lomi principles is Aloha. Aloha means to love, to be happy with. Aloha, to love is to be happy with. Love is a word people often have problems with because it is used in so many different ways. It could indicate deep emotional feelings i love you emotional connection i love my parents a sense of spiritual security god loves me pleasure and craving i love chocolate adoration i love my comic heroes sexual passion i want to make love to you 
an intention. I would love to do that. A controlling mechanism. If you love me, then you'll do this. And so much more. Sometimes the side effects of love described in novels or songs remind us of victim deficiency or acute illness, lack of sleep, loss of appetite, heart palpitations, dizziness, fever, colds, sudden outbreaks, transpiration, etc. With Huna, however, the definition of love is very clear. The Hawaiian word for love is aloha. It is a compound of alo, A-L-O, which means being together, sharing an experience in the here and the now, and oha, which means sympathy and joy. Therefore, the meaning of love or aloha is experiencing joy with with this definition, love exists whenever you are experiencing joy with the object of your love. For the Huna, being happy comes from love, while being unhappy comes from fear, anger, despair. Love doesn't make your palms sweaty, that's fear. Love doesn't hurt you, despite the classic Nazareth song. And anger rather does hurt you. Love gives you a feeling of joy and happiness. And the intensity of those feelings correlate to the intensity and the depth of your love. Loving deeply means experiencing a strong connection, depth and clarity of a connection, growing in the same amount that you are able to release fear, anger and despair. Corollary, love grows when your judgment diminishes. Whenever there is an increase in fear, anger or doubt, there is also an increase of willingness to judge or criticize. These are the root causes of separation that will lead to a decline in love. What kills every relationship? Take a look back at your failed relationships. Didn't it always start with criticizing and judging each other? It doesn't matter whether it was something as banal as someone not bringing the waste outside or being cheated on. We experience fear, worry, anger or doubt in a relationship. And from there we judge or criticize the behavior. And unless we are able to forgive and really truly overcome this criticizing or judging mindset, we aren't able to bring love back into our life and our relationship will surely die sooner or later. The emotional bank account. I often use this analogy of an emotional bank account. You can either withdraw or deposit into it. For a relationship, each form of criticizing or judging is a huge withdrawal, while praise, sincere, authentic and loving acknowledgements are deposits. Both praise and acknowledgement are not only an act of love, of being happy with your partner and your current situation. 
But now that you don't mean that you... But now that... This doesn't mean that there should be no huge change. But if you follow the principle number three, Makya, where your thoughts goes, energy flows, then you should understand that focusing your attention on good things in your relationship and your life through praise and acknowledgement will attract even better things, while focusing on the bad things through judging and criticizing will attract even more failures, misunderstandings and problems. Isn't that what happens when relationships are new? They always start up as fun, joy, exciting, simply because we focus on things like that we like in each other. We're just getting to know each other. But there comes a time where we start to realize that we didn't like everything in our partner. When we don't balance this tendency through a conscious focusing on the good things through praise and acknowledgement, a vicious cycle of doubt and critique, readiness, will crash our relationships. The danger of positive critique. And even if you believe in giving positive criticism, I would highly advise you to take a look at the consequences of this within yourself and your partner. Every critique has a tendency to increase the likelihood of this unwanted behavior to grow. Again, it's simply the principle number three, Makia, where energy flows, attention goes. That is the work here. Try to substitute even positive criticism through praise and acknowledge of good things. Focus on what you want and not on what you don't want. Although open-spoken praise and acknowledgement are favorable, telepathic, for example, in your mind, praise and approval is also a good way to start. Corollary. Everything is alive, aware, and answers. Huna doesn't restrict the definition of life to humans, animals, and plants. Although life may be harder to grasp in things as slow as a rock or as fast as a light beam, for a Huna shaman these are all different manifestations of life. Based on the principle number two, Kala, there are no limits. Everything is possible. The source of all that is must be aware of itself and therefore everything that is must be aware of itself and therefore receptive to what is happening in its vicinity. Okay, based on principle number two, Kala, there are no limits. Everything is possible. The source of all that is must be aware of itself and therefore everything that is must be aware of itself and therefore receptive to what is happening in its vicinity. Why self-criticism makes you weaker? Because Huna Shaman believes in everything being alive, aware and receptive, he tries to be respectful towards everything. Now you might think of this being a bit obscu absurd, but if 
it has some very practical applications. Your subconscious in the Huna called Ku is alive, aware and answers as well. If you criticize yourself, your Ku feels attacked and tries to defend itself. It does this through the body, tightening muscles, producing stress hormones. This will diminish your awareness because your whole body, your mind system is focused on attacking and defense. While this might be a good response if you get physically attacked by a tiger or some other person, prolonged self-critique will make the state chronic and there within lies your weakness. There within lies what's weakening you, increasing chances of you getting ill or injured. Increasing your self-esteem through acknowledgement of your own good parts and loving yourself as you are, however, will lead to a relaxation of your body, lower tightness of your muscles and increase reducing the levels of stress hormones within your body and increased awareness of energy and power. You will remember your abilities better and will feel good about yourself other than people in life in general. Why respect? Everything makes you stronger. Respect everything that makes you stronger. If you follow principle number one, the world is what you think it is, Ike, you will realize that the Ku, the subconscious, doesn't separate between yourself and the outer world people, things or situations. It's all part of your current dream in the Huna. Therefore your Ku will take every critique as a personal attack. That means it doesn't matter whether you are blaming or criticizing yourself or another, your car, your government or the weather. Your Ku will react with an increase in tension and stress. It will always kick in the attack defense mode and that will always weaken you in the long run. If you praise or acknowledge yourself, another person, your car, your government, then your coup will make your body relax and become stronger. I often find in my medical praise that people who criticize a lot have a tendency to form serious illness patterns that become more and more intense, build up building cancers. Some practitioners even say that cancer is a symptom of serious lack of love in your life. Why praising increases the likelihood of change? Besides changing your body through praise and acknowledgement, you also increase the likelihood of change not only in other people of yourself but also in other things or situations. Principle number three, Makia, energy flows where attention goes. This state that wherever you focus on will grow. Therefore, focusing on a problem through critique will make the problem stronger while focusing on the good things or wanted that you are wanting to change will make these grow. As a computer consultant, I often found that the people who regularly curse their computers 
have far more problems with their systems than those who even give them a nickname and develop a great relationship with them. Now, this is not a scientific proof, but try this for yourself for 30 days with your computer, your car or any object and you might see or even be surprised. Oh, by the way, you might send love to your computer. I would still make backups though. <laughs> what to do when you get attacked or criticized okay our initial reaction is to fight back but again this will lead to an increase of the problem what Huna Shaman does to neutralize a cursing is praise himself as well as the attacker praise or acknowledge whatever is good about that person or the situation Another great method for this blessing, see the power of blessings, or the five seconds for peace, love, and happiness. I'll repeat that. The power of blessings, or go and check out five seconds for peace, love, and happiness. You might use this either aloud or in your mind. Try this for at least the next 30 days where your boss or whoever the person you have a problem with and notice the change. Have a problem and notice the change. Experience the power of a lower. This is an easy one minute exercise for experience the power of a lower in your life. If you'd like to get a pen and paper out and write down these little tips down or make yourself just really comfortable. Close your eyes. Sit still and take a deep breath in. Now praise and acknowledge for at least one minute everything that is good within you. Every good attitude, habit, quality. Thinking about all your beautiful little qualities, your eyes, your hair, your skin, your health, your friends, your family, even hardships which came out and you learned the value, the silver lining. Praising and acknowledging for at least one minute everything that is good within you, every good attitude habit and quality. If you run out of good things to remember, then repeat the ones you already had. If you continue to do this exercise, you'll become more and more aware of the good things within you. If negative thoughts come to your mind, simply ignore them and continue to praise and acknowledge. You are allowed to continue this exercise after one minute. After you've finished, recognize how you feel. 
Then repeat the same exercise for at least another minute. But this time praise and acknowledge everything that is good within other people that come to your mind. Even the people that drive you crazy. There's a reason why we first met and we could see good in others. I always try and remember that when I'm fighting with somebody or disagreeing or not in speaking harmonious relations, relating ways, communicating ways. Our initial attraction, what was good? What was that good feeling? What good did you see? What light and love did you experience inside? Nurture that. That is your truth. So I'll repeat that. Repeat the same exercise for at least another minute. But this time, praise and acknowledge everything that is good within other people that come into your mind, whether they are good or bad. Take a third turn. And this time, praise and acknowledge everything that is good in your life. Your house, your job, your computer, your car, etc. Once you are finished, take a deep breath in and again start to notice, sense the difference in your feelings without becoming too attached or judging or analyzing. Just observe and become the witness of yourself, observing the beautiful variety of feelings within you. Warning this exercise can become highly addictive. If you love your bad mood or bad situation, you might not do this. <laughs> so, aloha, love and be happy with. Be happy with yourself and the world within you, around you. Namaste beautiful beings. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and thank you for listening to me. Aloha. Aho. Hello again to all you beautiful people out around the world. Thank you for listening to me. This is Vanessa from Anahata Yoga Shala. Kopangang Magical Crystal, wonderful island in tropical paradise, Gulf of Thailand. I welcome you to the seven principles of the Huna Shamanism. We are now number six. All mana, M-A-N-A. -A. All power comes from within.
side footnote, manas, M-A-N-A-S, also comes from the Sanskrit word mind. And mantra, to expand and liberate and free the mind, the constructs. So, mana, all power, comes from within. Most religious philosophies and even sciences define the individual as pretty powerless. It doesn't matter whether the source of power is defined as God, fate, philosophical principle, society, the government, the past, your genes, your parents, or any other external force of God or evil. Power is nearly always somewhere else. At least that's what is at the back of most people's minds. Huna is quite radical on the opposite side of the spectrum. Its sixth principle, mana, defines that all power comes from within you. Note, here that there are no limits to this, all power to define your existence is within you. Let's look at the consequences if you accept this to be true. First, let's look at why when it comes to this conclusion. The second principle, Kala, defines that the universe and the source of life is limitless. There are no limits to it. The universe and the spiritual source, call it God or whatever you want to call it, is infinite. Now comes the shocking part. If you break up the infinite energy source into separate part, parts, then each part keeps that infinite power within, just like a hologram does, when you smash it into pieces. What are the consequences of this? Accepting yourself as having all the power within you leads to these conclusions. Nothing is going to happen without you defining it. So, if the power lies within you, what are the consequences? If you can accept that you have all the power within you, you can lead to these following conclusions. Nothing is going to happen without you defining it. Everything that has happened to you, you created and attracted. Everything that has happened to you, you created and attracted. You are the only one who can define your experience. You are the only one who can define your experience. Others have no power over you. Others have no power over you, other than the one you give them. Others have no power over you, other than the one you give them. Your energy is channeled and focused through your beliefs and emotions. So what you believe to be true, or what you are afraid to happen, will happen, because you define it through your focused energy. I love it. Let me repeat that. Your energy is channeled and focused through your beliefs and your emotions. Your beliefs is your head, your emotions is your heart. It's proved now. This is an old scientific, I mean, yogi uh, belief system as well as shamanic tantric. And scientists have now proved that the heart does emit 
far more powerful signals and energetic waves. So, your energy is channeled and focused through your beliefs and emotions. So what you believe to be true, or what you're afraid to happen, is going to happen. Because you define it through your focused energy. No one else can make you sad or hurt. No one else can make you sad or hurt you. You can only do this by yourself. You can only do this by yourself. You can, of course, invite others to hurt you. No one else can make you sad or hurt you. You can only do this by yourself by inviting others to hurt you. There are no victims and no innocents. Every time you define yourself as a victim, you deny your creative power and give someone else the power. But not really, because you can't give it away in reality. You can, re you can just create an illusion of giving away power. You still create the experience, but don't take responsibility for it by saying someone else is responsible for it. I know these are harsh statements, but let's take it one step further and let me explain. Every victim agrees subconsciously with the abuser on the abuse. Wait a second. Does that mean that I'm guilty myself for all my problems? Yes and no. Throw out the guilt part and you'll be fine with it. You helped causing the situation you created. You helped causing the situation and you created it, which is a sign of your creative power that you might use in a better way from now on. But bringing in the, mor <laughs> the moralistic concept of guilt will only do you harm and rob, rob you of your powers. Don't judge. Neither others nor thyself. That doesn't mean that actively going out harming others will not lead to prosecution. But when it comes to looking at from an energetic perspective, there is no question who is guilty. It is much more about why did everyone agree to share this experience. Each one of you will need to take the consequences of his decision. So, the abuser abusing a person will and should be prosecuted, but the victim should come to a point where he or she needs to get beyond that stage and grow from this experience. Otherwise, and that is very often seen fact that they will tend to get into the next situation of abuse. This is very true for someone, women who will not leave an abusive relationship just to go and find the exact type of partner again and again. There is something within them that attracts that type of person and situations. So unless there is a development, that pattern might repeat itself. But it is not only the abuse between men and women, it is with every form where you feel powerless be it with your life, your job, or any situation. What about the innocent babies and so on? 
But what about babies, innocent babies? In Huna, babies aren't believed to be innocent. Although their body and brain are developed in doesn't Wait, let me repeat that. Although their body and their brain are in development, doesn't mean that their souls aren't wise enough. Their bodies might use help, but their soul is already capable of birth to define its existence. They want to be born in. Again. Again, Huna doesn't believe in any limits. It doesn't see life or death as limits. They only limits to our perception of our reality. A baby developing a serious illness might do this out of several reasons. It could reflect a long suppressed family problem. It could use this as a means of experience something it hasn't experienced before. Corollary. Everything has power. Everything has power. If we believe that every person has power to divine its experience, it might not be that big jump to the Huna definition that everything has power to do so. This includes every material form you see at the moment. Huna believes that the things you see, yes, that might right now be your PC or your Mac or your phone, has some form of consciousness and is able to define its experience. I know that sounds quite far-fetched, but at the same time we cannot prove that it's wrong either. On another hand, I had many experiences where my computer, they seem especially prone to do that, suddenly started working again after I moved in when its main user was just cursing that damn machine. Nowadays, very often my clients joke about me causing the dentist's effect with computers. For example, the problem isn't there when I'm around, just like a toothache isn't often, is often gone by the time the dentist enters the room. Let's face it, I'm too, I am too struggling at times with this corollary. But I had plenty of situations to remember that made me very more sure. I had plenty of of situations to remember that make me not so sure anymore. How about you? What if, what situations can you share? Do it in your comments. The way the Huna Shaman uses this principle is by talking with the tools he uses and being very respectful with everything that is around him. Experiment. Accept the power within everything and accept Respectful towards things that surround you, your car, your animals, your plants, your buildings, etc. And notice after a while whether your life changed by it. Corollary. Power comes from authority. In psychology there is a differentiation between inner and outer authority. Outer authority means you hand the authority to decide over your life to someone else. While inner authority means you take up the responsibility for your own life. Now, you should know that another definition of mana is authority. But, what does authority actually mean? 
Let's take a look at the definition online. Etymology Dictionary, one of my most beloved resources anyway. Authority, early 13th century. Autorite, book or quotation that settles an argument. From French, autoritite. So there's a whole invention, advice, opinion of influence, command from author, master, leader, author, see author, usually spelt in English till the 16th century when it was dropped in imitation of French, meaning power to enforce obedience, is from the late 14th century, meaning people in authority. This is taken from the 1600s, authorities those in charge, those with police powers, is recorded from the mid-19th century. So authority means leader who can settle an argument. Since it is so clear, closely tied with author, let's look at that definition. Author, 13th century. Author, father. From, French, octer, from, octerem. Octa, larger founder, master, leader, literary one who causes to grow, agent noun from octus, to increase, see augment, meaning one who gets, sets forth written statements. The T changed to the TH on mistaken assumption of Greek origin. The V is attested from the 1590s. Here we have addition to of leader and master who settles arguments and help to grow. This is the true definition of a creator. So, acting like an authority includes the knowledge and determination that your acts will create and develop growth. And through that authority, the words become creative. That is, in essence, the basis of all magic. It's not how the words are spoken, neither in ritual. A psychotherapeutic uh, psycho <laughs> psycho setting, nor in a political speech. It is about the authority that fuels the words with power. Authority is the inner knowing that power comes from within. How can you create authority and experience your power? Like, as, like I've said before, authority comes from the inner knowing that power to influence is within you. And unless you find that authority within you, changes will not happen in your life. Once you believe that you can do something, you can do it. But most of us are trained, have trained ourselves again to stop and blame someone else, to hand all the power away from us to others, our parents, our society, our government, faith, God, whatever. By the way, I do believe in God, but let's stop abusing Him for our own poverty of trust in ourselves. Step one. By the way, 
I'm reading somebody else's written work, but I just love this and I've always read it to a lot of my students, so I hope you enjoy. Step 1. Take full responsibility of the past. Assess your life. Look at what is in it now. How good is your health, your wealth, joy, level of relationship satisfaction, job satisfaction, etc. Make some short notes about it. So I'll repeat those steps of taking full responsibility of your past, looking at how good your health is, your wealth. What level of joy do you have? Your relationship satisfaction? Job. What makes you happy? Make some notes about it. Then state in a much more powerful tone as possible, that is all my creation. Everything that I experienced so far was created through my own will. And there is no one else who ever could ever influence me without my consent. Not in the past, not in the present, and not in the future. I'll repeat that statement again. In a very powerful, much more powerful tone as possible. That is all my creation. Everything that I experienced so far was created through my own will. And there is no one else who ever could influence me without my consent. Not in the past, not in the present, and not in the future. Step 2. Take full responsibility of the present and the future. Now is the moment of power. Now, think about one thing that you could change from now on. That would be a step towards your goal of the new you. Just one simple little thing, even if it's like getting up half an hour earlier or, you know, just going for a half an hour brisk walk before you have your first coffee or meal. Something that you'd like to change, simple, that's bugging you or bothering you. Just one simple step. Now, think about that one thing that you'd like to change from now on that will bring you one step closer to the new goal of the new you. One new habit you wanted to install earlier but never managed to stick to. That could be exercising more, spending more time with your kids, with nature, with your family, with your studies, whatever. Looking back at step two, how you can take responsibility for your past. Sorry, step one. Looking back at your list from step one, say to yourself, that was all the creation of old. Put your name in over here, write in over there. I, Vanessa, will from now on create something new. From now on, I, Vanessa, will create a new habit. Insert your new habit over here. And I will make sure that this will come 
to creation. There is nothing more important than this and nothing, nothing will stop me from achieving it. Okay, so looking back at step one, taking responsibility for your past, inverted commas, you can write this down. That all was created of the old, Vanessa Berger, I will from now create something new. From now on, I will create a new habit. Put your new habit in and I will make sure that this will come to creation. There is nothing more important than this and nothing will stop me from achieving this. Aho. And so it is. So, every morning, as often as you can, as often as you'd like to state, you can even write it down like three pages and every day, every day and every morning just start to repeat it while you're driving, when you're sitting waiting somewhere, when your mind wanders, as soon as you catch yourself, your energy dropping, something's happened, just remember, stay focused, don't stop, don't give up on the goal. Every morning, just keep repeating, I'm creating my life with this next decision. I make. Notice that you have the power to change your life in every second. Every decision will lead you into a new direction. Do you s decide to get up and work out or do you decide to go and sit and watch TV? Either way, you create the next moment and there within lies your destiny. We often think of our destiny as something far away, yet destiny is created within your thought. The next decision and the next action you take. Do a mind game if you like. Say to yourself, if my next decision would change my destiny, what would I do next? Oh, I love that. Say to yourself, if my next decision would change my destiny, if my next decision would change my destiny, what would I do next? In the evening, sit down with a journal and try this out. Write down things I created today. It's like a gratitude journal. Then notice all the things that happened today, good or bad, and reaffirm that you are the one who created them. Feel the power you can get out of this, even if you had a bad day. Don't blame yourself. Just reaffirm your power and in life, radically, if you allow it to work for you, do it for a minimum for 30 days. Sorry, let me reread that. Skip the line. Okay, so don't blame yourself. Judgment just brings down your vibration, your energy, and you attract more of negative judging energies. Just reaffirm your power every day and decide to improve a little bit by tomorrow. This single exercise can change your perception and enjoyment in life radically if you allow it to work for a minimum of 30 days. 
It's just reflecting, becoming more aware of your actions instead of ignoring them and repeating them and you know being unconscious about why you keep suffering because you keep allowing the same things to happen without being conscious. And this is what we call karma, people. Karma. Where there's no consciousness, this is a lack of love. So we keep suffering. And we're attached to these karmic patterns. And they cause us much suffering, this ignorance. So every night, make yourself aware and just write down, list all the good and bad things you created today and see how we can change it for the next day. How we can change it. And then the next day comes along and the situation presents itself in a different color, flavor, taste or whatever. And you can sense that feeling coming around again and you have that moment of power to say yes or no. You give your power away and you say no and then it happens again. So let it go, let it go, let it go. You sit up straight, just allow yourself to feel comfortable. Or if you are lying down, just make yourself really comfortable. Swallow any fluid you have in your mouth. And softly place the tip of your tongue at the top, on the roof, where the teeth and gums meet. Softly are your eyes and mouth closed. If you are sitting up, your chin is parallel to the earth. Shoulders are drawn back and softly and gently start to scan the body with your breath. And just imagine everything always turns out far better than you ever imagined. So I wish you love unconditional, unlimited, infinite love, truth, respect, healing, abundance of wealth, health, good friends, and a beautiful, exciting life experience. Namaste, beautiful beings. Aho. Have a beautiful day, night, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for listening.